Today's episode is brought to you by High Heels and Politics with Marianne Christie. Join Marianne as she interviews political leaders of Southwest Ohio and beyond. Download the show wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Pam, I have a question for you. What do you got, Ryan? Can you tell me when a parking garage is not a parking garage? (laughs) Uh, How about when council decides to uh, spend money on land for parking and traffic? Then they say that they've discussed other options. And now they say they haven't discussed other options. I'm just confused, Ryan. This is the Voice of Loveland, the podcast for ionloveland.com. I am your host, the Loveland Tadler, R.D. Kulik. And with me here is the person that does definitely does is not easy to confuse, I'll say. And that's the other host, Pam Gross. How are you today, Pam? I'm good, Ryan. How are you? Oh, I'm super. It's it's nice. Okay. It's summer. It's uh, And we're getting an incredibly mild summer right now. <laughs> so I know we'll pay for it later. Yeah, it's a particularly beautiful day. And by the way, thanks everyone for listening. We really do appreciate it. Yeah, it is really nice. It's humbling, too, to see our numbers grow. And people even approach us in public now and say, oh, I've listened to you guys. And it's great. So we appreciate that. Keep telling us what you like. Keep telling us what you want to hear. And we will hopefully keep delivering to you guys. Yeah, parking garage seems to be the topic du jour. We covered it in one of our, we did the two podcasts a couple of weeks ago. We talked a little bit about this. I'm not going to go too much into the minutia of it, but our quick elevator pitch on it, the city spent $600,000, not five hundred and fifty, but $600,000 on some land over there near the Works restaurant that we assume, the assumption is that they're going to put a parking garage there. It's actually $621,000. Yeah, and, and some change, too. I forgot, yeah. Six, d- 621150 Yeah, we don't want to nickel and dime anything, <laughs> trust me. That's, that's what it is. It seems, though, since we've done our podcast, there's been a lot of confusion. And I want to wrap this discussion up in kind of a bigger thing, too, that has to deal with the $128,000 master plan. What we actually are doing with our parking assets And at the same time, is this what we really want? Plus, how much is this going to cost the taxpayers? How's that sound? I think that sounds like a great discussion. So let's start with this $600,000 parcel of land that we have just recently purchased. Or Okay, I'm sorry. I don't want to be accused of not telling the truth here. We've got 90 days or whatever that we're deciding it because they seem very, very defensive when we're talking about. But when those 90 days are up, it's 600 plus thousand non-budgeted dollars money that's coming from the general fund and yeah they're going to do some tricky things because they have to basically to pass ordinances to suddenly make it look like it was in the budget but this was not in the budget that passed at the end of 2018 let's make this absolutely clear so this is kind of why we started off with the tease and the way we did when i asked you that question we got the memo and it said this is before the i believe it was the may 28th meeting we got the memo that said we're going to buy this land and it's going to be for the purpose of a parking garage and a cut through and people came to the council and people talked and they had their political action committee supporters go up there and talk about how awesome this was going to be and then you had another person come up and say hey i'm not against parking garage but i need some details that's where i want to start this first thing they had no details pam They didn't. And I want to backtrack a little bit because not only was the memo from Dave Kennedy in regards to the purchase of the land stating that the purpose was for parking and traffic, Dave Kennedy also said that at the council meeting, and it is on videotape, where he also says that the purpose of this land purchase is for a parking and traffic cut through. And at that same meeting, 
because again, this is, I'm going to use the word again, the assumption that we're living on, that this is what it's going to do. You know, maybe we'll have 130 spots. Maybe we'll have 260 spots. And what the, the person I was engaging with counsel at the time, talking to them about, well, have you thought about how much it's going to cost? No, we don't know that. Which that, that's a big, big part of this equation. Putting up a parking facility, especially if you look at this land, you don't know if you're going to have to level all the land there, which means there's probably infrastructure underneath there because there were homes. So there's probably sewer or something in those hills that they might have to level. This is a project that is going to cost an incredible amount of money that the city council has said, well, we're going to buy the land and figure out later. That seems to be, what's the word we use here? Fiscally irresponsible. Would you agree? I would definitely (laughs) agree on that. And yes, they had no answers when one of the residents actually asked them more specifically about the parking garage. But what they did talk a lot about at that meeting and then at the recent council meeting, the one this week, the week of this podcast dropping, is about public input. I want to go there for a minute here about the public input involved with all of this stuff. The memo says we need this for parking. That's what all the discussion was involved. And then Vice Mayor Weisgerber talked about, well, it could be other things. And he even said the words, it could be City Hall. You guys can go look at the video. It's right there. He said you could move City Hall back there and use the current City Hall property for some other commercial development. And then during that same meeting, the late May meeting, Councilman Neil Lorry, which we discussed this already, but he did say that he was referencing the person who had, had spoken at the open forum, but this was later in the meeting. He had said that that person, he told that person that we, now we're going to get to what we means in a moment here because we got a little bit more clarification, but he said, we have discussed all options. And then he brought up City Hall again. And you go to the video because I don't believe this is in the minutes, but you go to the video and he even says at one point, we could put City Hall at the top and a parking facility underneath. Very kind of specific idea. And it's my word of the day assumption here. If we're on Pee-wee's Playhouse, all the screaming that goes along with the word of the day. So imagine it if you're my age. That's what's going on right now. We assumed when he said we that the council had discussed all other options, including because he even mentioned this. The citizen that spoke said something about have you considered private money? And Council Minori said we have considered private money and all other options. Did I miss anything, Pam? Nope, you did not. So let's fast forward to the council meeting this week. Councilwoman Sattel actually asked about that. And she even said, because this is very important, we are talking about over $600,000, and that's before we start building anything there. We're already in this for six hundred grand. Councilwoman Sattel actually asked Councilman Ori, you said we have had other discussions about other things. I would like to know what other options have been presented and when these were being done, because I, who, Ms. Sattel, is an elected member of the city council, was not privy to any of this information. I'm paraphrasing what she's saying. <sighs> Councilman Ori, would you say, gave a confusing response? Yeah, and she also said she wanted to know who he's been talking with. Oh, right. Because right. he did say that the council had talked about all of this. So she wanted to specifically know who you were talking to when these took place, and what you talked about. What were these other options? And yes, his response was very odd. Actually, we went back to the video, and I'm actually going to read verbatim what he said, and you will understand why I'm confused. So Mr. Ori at the last council meeting stated that council had been had discussed other options and that uh, there were other several ideas floating around. 
Okay, that was what he said at the prior, at the previous meeting. At this meeting, he said, when asked, who did you talk to? What were you discussing? And when did these conversations go? Here's exactly what he said. There were no outside items that were discussed outside of individual deep thoughts. <laughs> now, I'm immediately reminded of a Saturday Night Live skit, but okay, we'll, we'll go. We'll, I digress. And we keep aging ourselves. With all <laughs> and then he proceeded to say that he'd been talking to, oh, it was just people who come into his shop. Yeah. It was odd because that's not what he stated at the previous council meeting. The thing is, it proceeds to get a little even more confusing because then as they go back and forth, Mayor Bailey then has to chime in. She says that she doesn't understand why we're even discussing what people are talking about because ultimately council is going to make that decision. So that's what she said is, I don't even know why we're even talking about what the public says because council is going to make that decision. So then let's throw in another one. (laughs) This this is why we're confused about when the parking garage is, yeah. So then Mr. Butler has to chime in, and then he has to clarify what Mr. Ori said at the previous meeting. Now, remember what Mr. Ori said. Mr. Ori said that council has discussed options and that there were several ideas floating around. That's what he said. Mr. Butler, however, said, well, maybe that's not really what he said. What he really meant I guess he was in his deep thoughts, <laughs> was, was, as Butler said, was in he, Mr. Ori was actually inviting the public to participate in the review and to identify the best use of the property and that it was really just an outreach to the public so that they could help us decide what we want to do with the property. Okay, Folks, are you as confused as I am? Because if you remember what I just said, Bailey said, the mayor said, why are we even talking about what the public, you know, wants to do? We're going to ultimately make the decision. But now Mr. Butler is actually contradicting exactly what Miss Bailey said. And then he's saying that Ori said things that, quite frankly, Mr. Ori did not say. And then he talks about how we're inviting the public to tell us what to do. Well, the memo said that you were spending $600,000 for a parking and a traffic cut through. So the bottom line is this entire thing is a mess. And the reason it's a mess is because they're hiding something. A couple of days ago or something was the anniversary of the publication of George Orwell's 1984. <laughs> so, I, I, and I'm, I'm going to tell you, I don't, I, first off, I don't think the Mayor Bailey and those five loyal men that follow her, I don't think they quite have the sophistication to be a Big Brother-esque type government. But there is this idea of changing history and changing what people say. And that is exactly what Councilman Butler did. He changed what Mr. Ori said. Now, we have video. And I encourage you guys, the council meeting we're talking about was uh, on June 11th. You can go to the city's website and you can click on it, you can watch the video and you can see it for yourself. So this isn't something we're making up. This is something that actually happened. I also find it, just personally, they talk so much about community and public engagement. And and I believe, you and I both believe, that there were discussions they probably should not have been having. Private discussion. Types of discussions you have over pizza and in the hallways about what they were going to do on this piece of property. And I'm going to say this again. We spent over 600, we will spend over $600,000 on this property. That does not count for whatever building or structure or anything you put there. If the city council is coming up with ideas that is not a parking garage, 
that is improper for them to do, not in the public forum. And now they're saying the public can come in and tell them what they wanted to do with the property. Like you said, first off, Mayor Bailey said it's their decision. Second off, everybody keeps talking about that that piece of property is going to be parking and a cut through. That's what the memorandum said it was. Right. That is what they stated over and over and over again. Mr. Kennedy did, other council members did, go back and look at the meeting, May, what is it, 26, I think? It was May 28th, I believe. Okay, the May 28th meeting. And again, these are videotaped. These are not things that we're just making up, guys. You can go and actually listen to them. This was sold to the public that we needed to take money out of our rainy day fund of $600,000 so that we could address the parking and traffic issue. There was no mention of any other options. There was no mention of community input. They already did it. Mm -hmm. And so for Mr. Butler now to say, oh, well, Mr. Uri really said this, that is deceitful. It is. And that's why there's no other word for it because he did not say it. You can read, you can go and look at the video and not once in Mr. Uri's statement did public input, public outreach come up in his statement. It did not. And Councilman Uri or um, Councilman Butler is quick to, in my opinion, what he's trying to do is defend Councilman Ori. So that's fine. He does that. Look, they're running mates. They think the same. They run together, all that stuff. But Councilman Butler is very, very big. He ran on this in the campaign, and he talks about it all the time, about engaging with everyone, talking with everyone. At that same meeting, they had a public... He also accused other people of having secret meetings. Yeah, oh, we'll we'll get to that in a moment. (laughs) This is what he runs on. And then even though he's in office now, and he's sitting there trying to defend the councilman, at the same meeting, okay, at the same meeting on June 11th, there was a man, an elderly man, I don't think he'd be upset if I called him that, who had to walk with a cane and was a little slow, who was there, who doesn't normally come to the city council meetings. And he braved the horrendous traffic and nightmare or traffic and parking nightmare that is downtown Loveland to come to this meeting to speak on something that was important to him. They were doing their charter review, um, what you call it, uh, public hearing. And this man came up and said, I want term limits. If you don't put term limits in here, I'm, I'm not going to vote for this. Or he basically asked them, why are term limits not in here? Not a single one of those council members said a word to him, engaged with him, including especially Councilman Butler. Didn't say a word to him. But when it came time that they felt a little bit of pressure because, like I said, we believe they did something improper. He's quick to create an entirely new history of what Councilman Ori says. You're right. That is a deceitful, deceitful act. And if you're going to talk about engaging with the public, you better start engaging with them and engaging with the people that are going to ask you hard questions. You know, anyways, about the whole just mass super confusion of what's going on with this piece of property. It becomes a little bit bigger. Everything they've talked about. So we're talking about two years they have been in charge. Almost everything they've talked about is downtown. That's it. It's also not generating any money. Yes, exactly. These people have done nothing for two years but spend money and spend money and spend money on, once again, we're back to hopes and dreams. Mm -hmm. But they don't ever talk about the other side to it. For instance, if you're going to sit here and spend $600,000 and say that you're going to build a parking garage, then darn it, tell me what you're going to do with that parking garage. Number one, are we going to build it or is someone else going to build it? And more importantly, if it's a parking garage, are you going to charge money for people to park there? We didn't even have that conversation. 
Don't just tell me you're going to spend money, but I don't really know what I'm going to do yet. That is the height of being irresponsible. No, absolutely. That's it's like you building a house and having no idea what in the world you're going to build or how much it's going to cost. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad you said that because I was thinking almost the exact same thing. Let's say I already own a house. I already have one. But then I, I go to my wife and I say, hey, by the way, I'm going to buy this other land because I want to build another house there. She's going to look at me. And she, I mean, after she serves me divorce papers, she's going to look at me and she's going to say, why do you need to build this other house? We have a house. We discuss this with parking, but let's talk about the actual assets we have. More specifically, let's talk about the Linda Cox lot. It doesn't look like we're even utilizing the assets we have right now. We just want to add more pavement, more structures, more whatever. And I'll tell you guys right now, the more pavement you add, the more traffic you add. No matter what they try to sell to you, until we have flying cars, Building a parking garage does not fix traffic. It adds to it. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because we do. We we don't utilize our current parking assets. And as you mentioned, the Linda Cox lock. First off, we spent over $500,000 between a grant and, and taxpayer money. That lot's about a $500,000 parking lot. It's a municipal parking lot. It is an asset of the city. And yet one day a week for six months... No one can really park there. And it's on a Tuesday night. Yeah, which happens to be the council night. Which happens to be a council night, which is interesting because one of the questions this resident, when they spoke, asked is that, look, do we really have a parking problem? Uh, You know, on on a Tuesday, it's a mess down here. Would it be that way if we could find a different place for the farmer's market? The farmer's market takes up our municipal lot. Now, I know, once again, hell is going to come down (laughs) and fury and everything else. And, oh, my God, please don't talk about the farmer's market. The reality is, is that that is a parking lot that we need. It is a parking lot that one day a week on a very important day of the week, during rush hour, during the busiest period of time, 3 o'clock until almost 7 o'clock, because they have to break their tents and all that down, we cannot park there. No. And And I know that Mayor Bailey says, oh, well, what the heck's the big deal? It's only one day a week. Well, you know what, Miss Bailey? It is one day a week. It's one of the most important days of the week. It's one of the busiest times down there, particularly during the summertime. And I guess Miss Bailey doesn't really care whether there's a parking issue or not because she gets prepared. She gets preferred parking. Yeah, she does. That's what people don't know. Yes. She gets to park. She doesn't have to go look for a parking space. No, right. and, like the rest of us schmucks. And, and I want to actually give a little bit of shout out to this because I go down to City Hall and I drive around this bit because I know I can't park at Linda Cox. And I drive around and look for a spot. And sometimes it takes me a little bit of time. And I'm willing to invest that time. The person who wants to go talk to and see their counsel for the first time and has multiple kids, they're going to go down and try to find a spot, not find one. They're going to go home and they're never going to show up. Exactly. But while I'm searching around... I do, and I want to give special consideration to this. I do see Councilman Phelps a lot of times parking far away somewhere and walking into the chambers. I see Councilwoman Sattel. I am not totally against the city council members having some kind of preferred parking, but all of them need to have it. And the fact remains is the mayor uses it all the time. So, so does the vice mayor. Does he? Yep, uh, both of them. So, look, I, I'm going to take the heat off you for a moment, Pam. Sitting here right now, I, Ryan Kulik, think that you need to move the farmer's market off of the Linda Cox lot. It needs to be moved away. That is a municipal lot. I paid for that lot. You paid for that lot. They don't pay. They don't bring money into our city, people. You need to look into this. 
And the farmer's market, those people make money. They're vendors. Mm -hmm. And yet they pay nothing. I go downtown all the time. Heck, you and I met at Cappy's on Monday night at 6.30. There wasn't a, a, a problem. The traffic wasn't backed up. It was very easy to find somewhere to park. I go very regularly. It's We record these on Wednesdays. I usually go out there Wednesdays sometimes. Never have a problem. I go on the weekends. Almost every single weekend that the weather is nice, I am there on either Saturday, Sunday, or both days. And I am there during all different times of the day. I have always been able to find a parking space. I want to interject something yeah. else here, too, because... And we're not done talking about oh, no, the no, farmer's no. market. I mean, we're not, we're not done, and we're not talking about the farmer's market. We are talking about businesses that are taking up a municipal parking lot that they are not paying for. Mm -hmm. We're not talking about specifically a farmer's market. I'm not talking about a specific bit. I'm saying that this is, these are vendors. So they can be anything. They don't have to sell fruits, vegetables, or anything else. They can be any vendor, but the vendor is taking up our municipal parking lot, and they are not paying for it. And again, this is important because it when, is important. Yeah, when we do go down there and it's a Tuesday and it's during that rush hour time and that time when the council meetings start, you can't park there. You've if, taken all those spots away. Yeah. And there's no municipality around that is going to allow any business that is going to create traffic issues and parking issues and taking up municipal assets Anywhere. They're not going to allow you to do that. But Why I, do we allow that? Well, well, I have a little bit of insight into that. And this is kind of what I want to say is, so I asked one of the master planners at the last meeting, the one that was on May 29th, I asked him, in your original proposal, you said the farmer's market needs to be moved off to the Linda Cox lot and back to where they used to be over on Jackson Street. Why did you not do that? And he told me, and this is what he said, the farmer's market feels like they've been picked on and they wanted a more permanent home, and they feel comfortable there. So I want every single one of you guys out there to know this, that the reason why the farmer's market is there is because they are a special interest, a crony of the majority, and the majority won't even hear options of moving them off to help alleviate a traffic issue on what a lot of people will say is the worst time. And for those of you that are going to tell me, it's not the farmer's market, it's the bikers. No, it's not. It's the on Tuesday night. It's the farmers market because you know what? You get more traffic over there on West Loveland because everybody knows you can't park over there. That's what happens. And you know what? The bikers, honestly, they're the ones going to all of your restaurants and bars and things like that. I invite all of you, especially on the Tuesday night. Go sit at any of those new bars. Go sit at Cappy's. Go sit at Narrow Path and see what people are wearing. You're going to see a lot of bike gear. Yep. Well, I want to throw one more other thing in here that has never been discussed and it needs to be discussed. We have signage that tells people that they can only park there for certain amounts of time. Why aren't we issuing parking tickets? Well, that, that's a whole other story. No, but once again, we're back to we will spend $600,000 on an empty piece of land that we have no idea what it's going to cost to actually construct what it is that they say they're going to do to address a parking issue. Guys, here's the first thing I would do. Let's try parking tickets first and foremost and move vendors off of municipal parking lots and free up those spaces. Let's try those two things before we waste $600,000.
This is a great place to end it, though, Pam, because I'm going to tell you. They like to bend the truth. They like to put new information in people's mouths. They don't know that we have video to watch them. We, they don't know that you and I sit in those council chambers and watch them and take copious amounts of notes. We have deep thoughts. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I, I don't want to speak for any member of council, but those deep thoughts in my head, they like to scream at me a lot, so I can't always like figure out exactly what it is. But if that's the council we're taking today, I, I'm, I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not going to say or psychologist. I'm not going to say anything about that. But fine. You want public input? You want to know what we should do? I'll tell you right now what we should do. It was said at that meeting in May, at the May 28th meeting, that we had to do that legal settlement. And it was kind of a halfway point between what this new person that wanted to buy that land, private entity wanted to buy that land. So they wanted to buy it, let's assume, for about $650,000. Fine. You want to be responsible? You want to know my idea, city? You take that land and you sell it to that private developer for $650,000. Look, I just put money in our pockets, Pam. I'm going to pat myself on the back. (laughs) (laughs) That's what happens when you have meaningful deep thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that being said, the the Voice of Loveland podcast for ionloveland.com is a production of Ion Community. This uh, episode was produced by Pam Gross and Ryan Kulik, who, I mean, I just can never thank them enough for the great work that they do. It was recorded, engineered, mixed by the same two people. Uh, the music was by my father-in-law, Sherrod Sate, so I always like to thank him for that. And uh, guys... You know, now's the time to be awake. It's summer. I don't believe it's election season yet, but some of the members of the council do. So we're getting up there. It's not just don't watch them just because it's an election. Watch them because this is your money in the end. Anything left to say? Everyone, thanks so much for listening. Our company is really, really growing. And we really, really, from the bottom of our heart, really appreciate everyone who listens to us. Be informed, be involved, be influential.